So my name is Fair with a Poet. I came all the way from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm on a 10-week, 12-state, 40-show tour um, called the Castaway Tour. Um, and the whole idea you'll figure out throughout this set. Does everybody have a note card and a pen? Yeah. Everybody? Yeah. All right, cool. Do not write anything on that note card yet. Um, keep it blank. Did you already write something on it? Well, if you want another one, I, I can have Dre get other ones, but we have other note cards. Um, so, I'm going to start this off. Do you want me to start off high or low? High or low? Serious or not? High? High? Start off high? High. Um, I was diagnosed with bipolar and depression and anxiety at like 14 years old. Um, so I'm used to like going up and down, up and down, up and down. And that's kind of like the whole point of this tour is you see all these paper boats and these waves. And it's because everybody feels fragile and everybody goes through life's up and down. So I'm going to start it on a high note. And I'm going to get really dark. And then I'm going to explain these note cards. And I'm going to come right back up. We'll just be like bipolar and go up and down together. And I'll uh, have a good time with this. Have any of you guys dated outside of your own race by raise of hands? A good amount of people. Cool. Um, my last two ex-girlfriends were Caucasian, and their parents were from small towns, and they were well off, and they're not too fond of dating like young minority people who are like full-time artists. Um, and her mom, her dad was a dentist, and her mom was a professional money spender. Like she just spent money for a living, and she had the nerve to judge me as a person who like lives and works for my. Anyway, um, but this is about her and her family. <laughs> The day I actually read the label of a Minute Maid lemonade fountain drink machine, my world collapsed. <laughs> the sky was arguably a shade of violet. The grass was a bit more blue. Down was up and up was down. But life's up and downs always come around when things just don't feel right, you know? In not so fine print, it stated 0% juice. 0%. Zero, the, the epitome of not even close to the big goose egg. None zilch, not a zip, no not, no way in any way juice. The lowest amount of juice you could possibly have without having like negative juice, which in turn, you need to contain the substance then consumed by you for the container to be negated, completely wrapped, stamped, and labeled with exactly what they want you to think that it is, all the while calling it what it is, because I swear to God, lemonade is made with lemon juice, isn't it? It's lemonade, but today, my world collapsed. My world imploded from the truth out, from a core burning with the urge to do better for the world around me, yet seeing my work with the youth, living chasing my passion, doing what I love, all be considered so taboo, as her mother said, he's not shit. Just, he's just trouble. Striking that final nail with a, so how was that med student you went out with a while ago? I wish you would have just told her mother that I was like a doctor, maybe a dentist like her father or an astronaut even. I mean, I'm pretty well known for shooting for the stars, so if I ever do meet her parents, I'm going to tell them, Mr. and Miss Myers, I am an astronaut. I've one of those boys since age five manipulating toy jet planes into space programming into myself that I can do whatever if I put my mind to it. If I want a job security though, ma'am, I want to set my sights on the moon. I hear they're canceling funding for NASA anyways. But here on ground level, they still cut checks to get the kids we work with new notepads, new computers, new note cards, so take note. I might seem a bit radical, but just because my dreams were of Malcolm's, King's, Gandhi's, and Garvey's if they were, 
Would not having a diploma make them any less significant? Oh, well, I'm a dentist too. <laughs> and not because I've mastered the art of pulling teeth, because I've only perfected the skills needed to constantly display one smile. Your daughters. I used to be able to pull hers out at any given time, especially after it is you that has made her cry, and maybe I don't have a doctorate. But I'm told that I can touch a heart with a microphone. I'm prided on the way I inject meaning into all of my interactions. I syringe heartstrings and doctor the youth's mind and understand that they too are just as detrimental to our future as any astronaut, using similar government funding to fuel their vessels, teaching them that a label has little to do with contents and more to do with what you actually want that label to mean. I want to know why we can't call garbage men pilots. Those that fly higher than a job description that are way more than a stigma, probably because they're garbage men, and their job code is handling your trash, but that trash shouldn't include social judgment, because it doesn't mean they aren't amazing, amazing fathers, lovers, brothers, sisters, or people do way more to directly better the world around them than most, way more than an eye can see, because an eye can see a star, but it doesn't even mean that star still exists. With us, I'm told bodies make better doors than windows. Well, I'm no carpenter, contractor, turned surgeon that has never stopped me from looking inside of somebody and seeing past the exterior and into their soul. The day I actually read the label of a Minute Maid lemonade found drink machine, my world collapsed. It was the same day my ex-girlfriend's parents said, I'm not shit, and I'm just trouble. But if you think for a second that I'm gonna drink lemonade that is zero percent juice, you're crazy, it's supposed to be lemonade. This poem has everything to do with juice, but unless you know something about Ebonics or old movies, then you might disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> label it. Label me. Because I'm done focusing on the labels. Thank you all. Alright, thank you all so much. We're going to get super, super in it, and then I'm going to explain the reasoning of these note cards, and really the reasoning of the whole tour. It's really based around the next few poems that I do. Um, I, I was lucky enough to be a keynote speaker. Uh, I recently partnered with the largest organization for mental health in the United States called Mental Health America. Uh, I'm an official partner of them, and I travel around to their conferences, and I do poetry uh, in regards to mental health. Uh, and I talk about my battle, and I get the youth to talk about their experiences with it. Unfortunately, when I went to this conference, I was one of two people that was a person of color, and one of three people of color out of the 1,200 people at this conference. Um, if, if you are a person of color, uh, a fun, not a fun, an ugly fact that you should know about mental health is people of color, African-American people, are the least likely to be diagnosed, and when diagnosed, they're 90% more likely to be over-medicated. Um, Ugly fact, and I was one of those people. Uh, this is kind of like my story. How many of you, by raise of hands, I do think that I'm so used to working with the youth that I do like raise of hands, I'm not calling you a child. We're all gonna drink and then maybe go back to like a few years ago when we like needed to crawl uh, at some point. Um, but by raise of hands, how many of you know somebody or yourself, I don't like to say it or yourself, uh, how many of you know somebody that was diagnosed with bipolar depression, anxiety, Alzheimer's disease, or another form of mental illness? Almost everybody, cool. Um, well, if this is you or you know this person, this is for you. Um, yeah. Don't mind me, because this poem was meant to be quiet. Said doctors about the child that was stillborn, moving. 
So facts is about the lifestyle I still live, yet soothingly more than the antidepressants because isn't it depressing how life works sometimes? Yeah. Isn't it refreshing how life works sometimes? I'm sorry. I guess that's the bipolar. When you can go from your childhood theme song matching Saturday morning cartoons to understanding why you love ninjas, pizza, and turtles. It's not understanding why life's hurdles seem to match Berlin walls as you crumble to pharmaceutical commercials because the jingle over the symptoms matches the dinner bell. And you're starving to feel normal. Your own arm always looks a little bit more appetizing when you feel trapped, so smother that and all. Wait, where's the salt? Because I know someone here is willing to throw it, and I may have open wounds. It won't heal soon, so if you are going to throw it, could you please pass the paper shake? It is normal to eat three meals a day, and this might make a great one, but do you suffer from bulimia if you're coughing up your differences instead of meals? What's normal? Sometimes, when I reminisce, I get sad as that depression should life lessons be forget that stepdad one try to fight me every day because a pill will fix that. Or is remember my grandest father figure trying to figure out why I can't bear to see him change with time. As I was told through Alzheimer's disease, he might forget me anyways one time or two or three times. I thought about killing myself. That's not normal. What's normal? I hear the symptoms are having both parents happy and functional. Functional meaning what you see is actually what you get. And those skeletons, if there are skeletons, will be simply sucked under the rug, out of sight, out of the mind. Is it the blind or happier people? Because happy, that's normal. And not battling that you won't, because you can't. To the you are too to do it. Or I wish they never so I never felt not normal. You shouldn't bottle unless it's prescribed it's not normal. Well, neither is my disorder, apparently. And for some scary reason, I'm like a 25th percentile child of the world isn't bipolar. Then I ask, well, why does the globe have two? Not to think that my emotion was set is more relevant than my race, because face it, with the globe being 20% black, 10% Hispanic, 12% biracial, of course, it equally made as my emotion disorder, and there are issue, get a tissue, race, because face it, I'm a fucking minority anyway. A 25% of a 12% leave me feeling roughly 3% normal, but this is for the paper shakers. The ones who come to your guys' open mic and they're reading for the very first time and they're shaking like a leaf. This is for the paper shakers. The ones whose hands match leaves and fall but don't because they aren't normal. Praise it. Using crowds' ears like medication because it's cheaper. Face it. Sometimes the only reassurance we need is people showing us that someone is willing to listen. Genuinely listen. And even if it's you this once, put away your phone but not the applause and look in awe at the people here brave enough to feel normal. Just trying to feel normal. My little brother was named after the prior who was still born. He's actually moving through life. It's a reminder to me that being still is not where we are born. And life can suck, but duck the punch and suck it up. But don't suck a punch someone's lucky enough to find their passion and their sanity. Doctor, pen, prescription, paper, chasing their eating disorders by feeling sort of normal. Have you ever contemplated suicide? Have you ever felt depressed? Why at times does it feel like there is nothing left, but there is everything? The same reason people pay no attention to art, but paint. Pay to record, but tune everybody else out. Fun of the world. North and South Poles are milestones. And appreciate them no matter what you have. Because sometimes you will be the only one who will. There's not a pill to fix that. That's a fact. Thank you.
these note cards. These note cards are very, very important um, just because adult work, adults work a lot different than our youth. Um, so I'm going to do this poem and then uh, I'm going to explain the, the purpose of these note cards. Depending on the next poem I do, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of gauge and see. Um, how many of you have had to experience loss or death by raise of hands? Good amount of people. Um, how many of you know somebody who has who has had to deal with substance abuse or domestic violence by raise of hands? All right, so that one's cool. I didn't want to do the first one anyway. It's hard. Um, all right. Uh, this is a poem to my little brother, uh, and he he's my everything. Uh, I grew up in a in a home rooted in domestic violence. Uh, his, I grew up in, in a single parent household. My mom is my everything. Strong women and like single mothers like mean something really special to me because um, like she raised me on her own. Uh, my little brother's dad was just an asshole uh, and like beat the shit out of us and drank a lot. Uh, it just wasn't good. Uh, but this came from it, and my little brother doesn't talk to him, and it's just beautiful to see him grow as a man from it. And this is like a poem to him to hopefully push him to get past everything that we've been through. Um, yeah. Dear little brother, for your birthday, I wanted to give you that book of poems from Tupac Shakur. Maybe my own is to blur the little feelings that stir up emotion, you see. The potion to get past the past is progress, but nevertheless, I hope this makes you feel more at home in your own skin. Now begin. I wish that you had it as easy as me. Or maybe, I wish that I had it as hard as you cause I knew how to right hook, headbutt, and jab and not grow but stab roses in the concrete metaphor. I cover my feet in sneakers, metaphor. I didn't walk because I hovered before I could speak, metaphor. I grit my teeth when I sleep and I dream instead of screaming and awaking from my nightmares. Write that one down a little bit, but please. Chisel it in the braille like freckles of your cheeks so that every time you wipe a tear away that you remember this that I taught you. How to hold up those fists. Left at three, right at six. I gave you the gifts so you could take the punch to see through and even smile when you feel that you had your teeth beaten out of your skull by him and like it's physically impossible to show them it's not. I've been there. I'm fully aware because I was wearing dentures at three when you were only wearing braces at two. And I gave you the shoes needed to walk away with pride because today no one will love you for a fake smile. And the cold shoulder of an artificial father figure tastes bittersweet, especially when he's made from just concentrate on my words. They're 100% homegrown, all natural like that awkward smile you keep on the rocks because nothing is better than something refreshing and knowing you can still smile. It's refreshing. For a while, we talked off and on, but I feel that I've never truly spoken to you, so this I'll say, I'm glad my pen gave me the ability to hover and my heart smothered out the fear to be near you. Just hear that I love you unconditionally. Only on one condition. So you gotta keep that left at three and that right at six, so by nine years old, if he is drunk as shit, you won't be wearing bed shoes. We'll share that trip. To think on your birthday, you woke in the worst way, eyes bloodshot, snot running down your nose, yet you were still opposing to answer his text messages. I can see you're still wearing those shoes I handed down to you, kid. I just want to let you know that they look amazing. Thank you.
The, the purpose of this feature comes from the, the exercise that we're about to do. What I want you to do with these note cards is do not write your name on them whatsoever. Do not, do not, do not, do not. Um, whenever I start assemblies, whenever I start these school programs, I, I deal with a lot of different ranges of youth, um, and I share things with myself to hopefully encourage them to do the same. So what I want you guys to do with these note cards is write a stressor, Write something that you're having a hard time dealing with. Write a secret that you may not have had the, the ability to get out in the past. And then I want you to fold it in half and put it up in the air. And my buddy Dre is going to come around and collect them. So a secret, a stressor, or something that you're having a hard time dealing with. Write it down on this note card and then fold it in half the long way. So that... None of them look the same, and then put up in the air. As soon as I'm done with this next poem, uh, I'll have them collected. So if you could put them up by the time this is done, I would really appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm gonna get out of the feels. We're gonna get out of the feels as people are filling these out. Um, uh, I, I, have a, I have this thing uh, about pharmaceutical drugs. There, there are disorders that are needed for pharmaceutical drugs. Uh, so do not take this as like, oh, all pharmaceutical drugs are bullshit. So that's not the case. Um, but, uh, this is my opinion on some things. Uh, yeah. God bless America. <laughs> the only country in the world that takes up a mere 5% of the world's population yet, takes in 50% of the world's pharmaceuticals and 80% of the world's prescription narcotics yet. Over the course of history, trying to coin the term, we have turned the corner in the fight on drugs. How? Because we policed our ghettos until the prison turned industry while supposedly blinding ourselves from the fact that the real drugs aren't being peddled from dark skin or long rap sheets, but from white coats with script books. Reading scripts newer to the scene than many strange police have ever seen, yet don't you dare get caught with some bud, bro. A quarter of some green, dank, perp, loud, crime, state works. Depending on the non-decriminalized city you reside in, you might find your ass in jail. Hmm. Kind of funny how a substance legal in many areas of the world is a crime in the land of the free when an Adderall can be prescribed to a nine-year-old who cries and says, well, you better sit still because their parents measure their patients by the milligram, and that's A-okay. Unless you, well, don't have a script. Then it's a felony, please. What script do you really need? The one written or the one typed? The one that might sound and read like an actual script, like, do you have restless leg syndrome? You might if you were suffering from boredom, sore muscles, tired feet, breathing oxygen, not wanting to breathe oxygen, wanting to go on walks, but not having the energy to go on the walk you so badly crave you could actually go on if you would just get your ass up and go. Do you have bipolar disorder? You might if sometimes you're happy and others <gasps> sad. If you breathe oxygen, if you are human, if you are human, you know the power of the dollar, and that green can make even HIV vanish like magic. Johnson's hard on men, glued to commercials perfected by marketing geniuses, making them want stiffer, longer, harder lives. As they without the pros and cons of side effects that they would never face, but not sucked in by a commercial that made it so much easier to relate with, but he or she looks so happy now. 
If you made $2 billion a year, you'd be able to employ the best in the business sibling eyes, ears, and dollars on walks, even facts with Uncle Sam, because guess what? They own his ass too. Side effects. You might suffer from bloody stools, cancer, hives, lymphoma, cold sores from or not from the person you felt you needed to make your life harder for. We are so busy tearing apart our well-oiled machines for aftermarket upgrades, we are forgetting about the damage we are doing to ourselves. Taking Alzheimer's medications with side effects of memory loss and antidepressants that just might spark suicidal intentions. The outcome, leading causes of death in the United States. One, heart disease. Two, cancer. Three, strokes. And four, the adverse effects of medications. We have become complacent with a mindset of, well, I can pay to fix what's wrong with me, so besides the fact of you knowing what's wrong, but rather not taking the time to better yourself in another way, I would like to ask, what's wrong with you? The answer is, you don't know, but you just want to seem as perfect as the people in the ads you look up to. Well, maybe the thing you should be adding up is facts. It shouldn't have ever gotten like this. How did we ever get like this? But where else can exploit minds and emotions all hit up by that crutch of convenience only here? So, God bless America, but someone please help us. Because we're sick. Thank you. Thank you, John. Does everybody have their cards? This is like really the meat and potatoes. This is the meat and potatoes of of the features. Um, thank you guys, thank you. Does anybody else still not have their card in? Nope, that's the last one, cool. So I'm, I'm traveling around with this chat book called Adrift in the Sea of M&Ms. Um, and you see a chat book and it has M&Ms on it. And you're like, hey, what is that all about? But it's a visual metaphor. In the, in the visual metaphor, the M stands for uh, multiple race issues and mental disorders. So all the poems in the chat book are about mental disorders or different race issues. Um, and you see this logo with this paper boat and these waves, and the whole idea is to show that everybody feels fragile and everybody deals with life's waves. I'm sure you've been told since you were a child, like, everybody's going through something, da 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 But as adults, we tend to get so focused on the things that we're going through that we forget that people are going through things. So I like to do this exercise because it really brings it to light and more instead of the, oh, yeah, everybody here is going through something. Like, a lot of you, especially in a lot of communities that I've been to, they don't know everybody on a really personal level, so nobody really knows the severity of the things that people have gone through or are going through. Um, and I really think it just makes communities a lot closer and it really makes you very conscious of your surroundings. In here, we have somebody who's having a hard time with depression and they are, they are embarrassed by a secret. You have somebody that's struggling with him. Now, before I read all these cards, um, one time throughout this entire tour did I have to like cuss somebody out in a show. I'm like a notorious asshole in Michigan in my shows. Um, and when I do this exercise, um, never compare your issues to any other person's issues. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I read a card, and the card said like, I feel objectified when I go to the club, and a guy laughed in the crowd, and I was like, well, you're a fuckboy. Um, and, and like, you, you don't laugh at cards. Do not compare your issues to anybody else's. Somebody's issue or stressor may be paying a phone bill. Somebody's issue and stressor may be a past of sexual abuse. So don't compare your issues. Issues aren't meant to be compared. That's not why they're there, and that's not what you should do. You have somebody who lost their job. 
I have way worse of an alcohol problem than I let on, and I lost a family member for it, or I lost a family for it. I'm struggling with bills. Struggling with dating and sex. Struggling with tests. Struggling with a crush. And to be to job on time. I have way oh. having to work two jobs plus writing and keep a smile on my face to people at my day job that have judged me based on what someone else said about me. I don't I don't like most people. Striving for perfection. Stressor, cost of dental work, secret. I love mushrooms. Sobriety is horrifying and difficult. My, my new job is not satisfying. I'm still messing with my ex. I got, I got blown by the conductor of the New York Pops. I worry that I will have a health problem and I will not be able to take care of my bills, my significant other, and my pets. My stepson is in jail and I'm lonely. Rape exes and work. Stressor, behavior, I've learned to survive in an abusive marriage. Secret, fear. The personalization disorder, nobody knows what I dream. I feel like I'm faking it. Overcoming insecurities and jealousies that turn love that turns loves and friends to enemies. I'm tired, very, 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 very tired. How many of you can relate to a card or something that you heard on one of these cards, even if they were not yours by raise of hands? All. That's, that's the thing, is that you go through your day-to-day, -day, right, and somebody cuts you off in traffic, your boss makes you mad, a family member who you no longer talk to, be it a friend who you no longer talk to, all these people are going through different severe, like all these people are going through a different a level of severity of issues in their life. Everybody is going through something, just like she was saying. So please try to be conscious when leaving this feature. Please try to be conscious when leaving this venue to the fact that everybody is going through something. And just try to be kind. Just try to be kind. Because a lot of these people that you're pushing away, a lot of these people that you may have hurt are also going through something themselves. So just please try to own that and take that with you outside of this feature. Um, I'm going to do one more poem, uh, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Um, thank you guys for listening so well and being so kind. I, I really appreciate you guys doing this. And if any of you want to find my work, you can get on Facebook and look up Fable the Poet or YouTube or, or Twitter and Instagram as Fable is Truth. Um, we're going to do one more poem. Um, how many of you know somebody that's biracial? A lot of people. Yeah, cool. 
Um, that's me. So like when I said like dating outside of your own race, I really don't know if there is a my own race to date out of. Cause I'm like in the little middle, the little gray zone. Um, but uh, this is a poem about being biracial because like a bunch of people I know like T. Miller and them told me to, to write about it. So this is what came out. Um, how many of you saw that Cheerios commercial that had the interracial parents and then they had like the, the biracial baby and all the racists came out the woodwork to like throw in their two cents on a Cheerios commercial? Uh, this is also about that. Um, so yeah. <laughs> the most disrespectful thing I've heard in my entire life, well, there's actually three things. The three most disrespectful things I've heard in my entire life are one, you're the whitest black guy I've ever met. <laughs> Two, you know what, you just need a positive black male role model. And last, I think he hates his black side, which also comes in the form of, I think he hates his own race. You don't know me. If you did know me, you'd know, A, if I ever saw you in like a cold, dark alleyway alone, I'd probably try to beat you senseless, no shame type of senseless, almost to match the lack thereof, and the sense that you felt needed to be handed down to me, B, I'm like 150 pounds and like I'm little, so I probably need a few drinks, I'd probably try to beat you senseless, C, I was raised by a woman whose skin color irrelevant. If you've ever put a hand on one, refer to points A through B is you better respect one, one parental figure because the other left, leaving me with one white stepfather who harbored his love of women behind a red Chevy pickup truck that turned men in black mind to race pet. So I never could understand why he drove the heat blasting, even in the summertime, or why I never could remember the long car rides to the liquor store to get dirty magazines and booze, losing track of miles over closed eyelids, almost as if the odometer rolling quicker was triggered by the drool dribbles off my lip, and I still slip away in warm car rides, dreaming of one day implementing A unto him. Hey, you know what? Maybe I do need that positive black male role model because the white one fucking sucked. <laughs> but the black one who's supposed to be there pulled a hoodie vanishing act still to this day not seen and since I've never met a magician that could impress me. Because they always reappear making me think you just half did the trick. But now it's okay for my complexion to be the butt of jokes because I'm half black, half white, and I'm 100% confused how what I choose to do with my body, my speech, my clothes shows less color because I added more, even off the sense of selection, neglecting my ability to be more appealing to employers due to my lighter hue because I added a splash of blue or a dash of red is now shake their heads if I interview with short sleeves because I shorten my chances to get hired. See, that sounds like a color problem, doesn't it? The real color problem doesn't have a skin tone, it has a mindset. Thinking that its own is the only one that matters. And if that's you, I'd rather point you in the direction of my shoes with a finger besides the index and say, walking them, talking them, wearing them like I have my entire life. Avoiding white being thrown at me like a snowball fight of racial assumptions. Never hunting down my culture because it chose the fucking door instead of adoring me. I can't afford to hate any race or be scared of one. Because at the end of the day, it's just a coin toss with a mirror on both sides. It's not any race that I'm hiding from with this candy-coated camouflage with the stretched ears. It's this marathon called equality. With equality, people uttering, well, I, I don't really care what color someone is. It starts with that simple stranded driver who looks sketchy to them. An employer's definition of clean cut is a hue. Lawyers, judges, cops. My ex's parents' eyes, vexed and scared with size. Uh, so, son, uh... What's your career goals anyway? It's getting old. 
But so is that next generation who didn't even turn their nose at that Cheos commercial, featuring two colliding tones exploding into a beautiful little girl, actually wanting to save her father's life over breakfast. You know what? I envy her. Thank you guys very much. My name is Favorite the Poet. You can find me on social media. Come give me hugs. I got CDs, t-shirts, cards, and take cards. Thank you guys so much. You guys are amazing.